welcome back. Chris, you are ground zero for the election law disputes over this last week. I, I think you guys are still counting. When do they teach counting math in, in your public schools there? Is it like in ninth grade they introduce the concept of how to count? Uh, I actually, since we're all ran by charter schools here, I think they've eliminated counting altogether. It just, it really helps, uh, certain political parties when you don't count the votes and just, you know, rely on Twitter for your, it, for your it, election. It, every single election that goes on for two weeks, I think a hundred percent of them go to, towards the Democrats. So I think you're right. I think a certain political party does like this delayed counting, but Hey, more on that in just a bit. We said last week that, Hey, we're going to sign off to allow the red wave to come in it wasn't even a red trickle it's like when you're when your uh faucet is just leaking a little bit you got a little bit of a drip a red drip how does that yep. sound it was like a it was yeah i think my favorite uh, analogy is like when you wash your red hat with your white clothes that's what it kind of was it's like right. a, a, re a red like a light pink wash as we are recording right now, this is over a week since the election. Yep. They still do not know who's going to control the House of Representatives. It has taken Correct. them that long. Several elections are still out there. They got to mm -hmm. find the votes somewhere. All, I think a, a, a sacks of votes might all of a sudden magically appear with Santa. Mm -hmm. Who knows? The Christmas season is upon us. Yeah. Of course, I am just kidding on that. Kind of. I don't sort know. Of. I, I am a little bit curious as to why it takes so long. I remember... Growing up, I would mm -hmm. watch Tom Brokaw on the evening news, and by right. 10 o'clock that evening, we would know who won the election. Not so anymore. We don't even pretend to know that evening. It's like, you know what, get back to me in a couple of weeks, and we might have an answer for you then. I think there's a lot of things that go into it. When, when I was working in politics in California, we usually had a winner that we could call that night because usually races were at a point where it was – you know, polls were trending, votes were trending. You could make the announcement that, you know, Chris Marone won that night. But now that races, I mean, there's a race right now in Arizona for the attorney general, which is the highest lawyer of the land, that's separated by 700 votes. And All there right. was there was two 2.8 million votes cast, and they're separated by 700. It just takes, you know, we want, I think it's more, we want an accurate vote count rather than being able to say, Joel, you won. You absolutely won. Because the last thing you want is to be like, Joel, you won. You've claimed victory. And then when we go to certify the election, actually, Joel, you lost by 22 votes. I, I do think that is true when it gets to elections that are that close. Now, mm -hmm. I'm sure Tom Brokaw was calling the elections when it's like, 54% to 46%. Okay, yeah, we right. can call those at, you know, right. 701 uh, at, right. right at one minute after the polls have closed. But yeah, if you're going to get down to just a few handful of votes and you think mm -hmm. I can make that up with my computer printout, so that's not a big deal. Sure, yeah. we can, uh, we're going to hold off on calling that one until several weeks down the road. Right. But hey, you know what? That's what we're here for here at Comedian <laughs> of Law. We like to poke fun at our legal systems. And what yep. better way than to say, uh, how much we enjoy progress because now 30, 40 years later, it takes us four times as long to right. finish our count. Well, and I was, I was doing a project here recently just for Arizona. I'm only speaking to Arizona. I can't speak for everybody else where progressively over the last 40 years, voter turnout has almost doubled and adding in population. So we did voter turnout by a percent. Huh. Now you add population to it. All of a sudden there's a lot more votes to count than what we counted for the 1992 presidential election. That is fascinating. I know a lot of states have reported similar things about just an explosion on mm -hmm. voter turnout this last year, which is interesting because I remember a certain industry, let's call it Major League Baseball, throwing a hissy fit. Oh. So we got to move our all-star game from Georgia because of yep. their suppressive, repressive voting laws. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those repressive voting laws, really brought out the vote. So, hey, you know, Amer uh, Major League Baseball, you owe Georgia another All-Star game. Let's just call it like it is. You messed up by pulling the All-Star game and getting involved in politics. But, hey, we are well, going to set. That was the year that the Braves won. That was the year that the Braves won the World <laughs> Series, too. So it was like, what's up, MLB? I know. I take that. You want to pull our All-Star game? How about we force you here? for the World Series. And yeah, mm -hmm. that was sweet poetic justice there. Well, we're gonna talk about the election and more. The Supreme Court 
was on break this last week. Yep. They got get that turkey primed, uh, brined, uh, brined, get it in the smoker. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Can quite find the right word. I always um, pictured Scalia as like deep frying his turkey. Like yeah. I could see, I could see him out there in the backyard doing a deep fry of his turkey. All right. You know, we haven't we haven't quite gotten there. I was about ready to get there, but you jumped me to it. Uh, let's talk turkey here. How do you prepare your turkey? Well, we, we cook a couple, right? We do one um, traditional, right? We, okay. we rub the, the peppercorns and all that stuff, and we stuff it with all the, the gizzards and the, uh, the apples and the onions and all that jazz and put it in the oven for what seems like forever and a day. Um, and then we do a fun one. Uh, last year we did we wrapped it in banana leaves and we buried it in the ground and did the okay. like emu um, turkey. We've done a deep fried turkey. We've done nice. we've done like a I guess my bet it's like a beer can turkey, right? Um, which was a little worrisome because a turkey is larger than a chicken. So finding a tall boy and making sure it stood up the entire time. We smoked a turkey a few years back. That's the way to go. Um, also one year, um, we bought a bunch of turkeys from like the boy scouts that were selling them for their like fundraisers. So we okay. always do a traditional and then we always do a fun one. I, I like that. Now, I don't know what you mean by fun. It's all fun. We, yeah. we really don't do the traditional one. At least I don't think I haven't done a traditional one in years because it's just too dry. I, I smoke mm -hmm. my turkeys. I would love to, mm -hmm. to fry it as well. But I actually have a device where you, you, you stick the turkey on this device. You fill the device up with water or whatever you want. Mm -hmm. to. It's the beer can chicken approach. It's a little yeah. cannon. And yeah, it, it uh, halves the smoking time of the turkey when you cook it on that little stand there. Because oh. it cooks it from the inside, kind of steams it, and then it smokes it, of course, from the outside in. But here is the, the issue I want to throw out to you. Brining. Mm -hmm. Do you brine your turkey? For this, when we do the beer can and when we do the smoking, absolutely. We brine it for like at least a day, maybe two days beforehand. Um, it, it makes it that much better. Like okay, you, you got to do it. I am such a huge believer in brining. It makes all the difference. I think that makes more difference mm -hmm. in your final product oh, than geez. whether you smoke it, deep fat, fry it, or yeah. throw it in the microwave. However you want to approach it, brining is the key. And so I'm right. a big believer in brining. And I have not suffered any kind of poison yet mm -hmm. food poisoning so we're good to go Obviously. hey let's start off chris i'd like to start off with a little bit of fun on these podcasts this is the comedian of law podcast mm -hmm. we sometimes jump right to the law kind sometimes. of miss the comedic part of it some of you might be saying we miss the comedic part all the time whatever <laughs> Just back off whatever uh, but i want this is i want us to talk about where the two maybe might line up and so mm -hmm. here's what i'm thinking chris there are times when we need to give back to our communities thanksgiving is coming up upon us here and mm -hmm. you think about giving back to your communities being thankful for what you have and we we're lawyers and we have a very unique perspectives and chris i think we need to give a psa on times when it might be the right time to get a new lawyer. Now, I don't like Ooh. firing people, but sometimes it is just needed. And so let me throw out some ideas to you. And if you have any of your own, I want you to yeah. hear yours. But these are my ideas on when it might be time to say, you know what? The relationship has run its course. It's mm -hmm. time we just kind of go our own separate ways and just, you know, it's time to get yeah. Let's a break new up. lawyer. All right, so let's say you have court. Uh, you have a court hearing okay. on this particular day. So, so you order your Uber ride to go to court and your lawyer shows up as your Uber driver. I am just suggesting that might be time to get a new lawyer. Ooh, I don't, I mean, side hustles, multiple income streams is always important to me. Um, but yeah, that might be that I, I don't know. Are they charging me for the conversation that we have to the courthouse? Is that a billable hour? Because oh, he's already billing for the Uber drive. That's right. Might is that, that a double dip? Yeah, I think it is a double dip. Good point there. And so Ooh. I think he should probably return the Uber fare and just charge the billable rate. Actually, Hopefully that's even... actually a better rate than your billable. <laughs> like I don't know. I actually tried to get an Uber from, uh, I was in uh, Philadelphia recently and, um, 
man, yeah, that Uber drive is expensive. I mean, it was oh, yeah. like over a hundred bucks. And so, yeah, sometimes it is expensive to get an Uber ride. Right. All right. How about this one? If your lawyer's advertisements contain flying animals, rodents, or any other type of vermin, it might be time to get a new lawyer. I feel like you're picking on the Texas law hawk, like specifically <laughs> here. I feel like, like you really don't like the talons of justice that that guy has. Um, oh man, he is hilarious. I love the Texas law hawk. No, I actually wasn't thinking of him as much, though. I do like the Texas law hawk. Yeah. Um, in Kansas, we have these uh, commercials, these billboards everywhere that we see an I seventy that says Tarzan. The law man. Guy's long flowing hair looks like Tarzan. I so love yeah, that. You know, I don't know. It is kind of fun, I guess. Dude, I, I really think that if your lawyer has to have a gimmick or a shtick, I think it's definitely time to get a new lawyer. Like there's there's a couple lawyers here. Like I get the law tigers, right? The the motorcycle law tigers, like those though that's a nationwide thing and that's their shtick, right? If you're going if you're riding a motorcycle, you want the motorcycle law tigers representing you in a PI thing. But there's a couple like I don't want to say his name, but he calls himself the anti-lawyer lawyer. And he is okay. and he's very tattooed. And I actually really like the person in general. I think he is a fun guy. He is incredibly smart and talented, and he's diversified his stuff. But his shtick really turns people off about wanting to hire him because it's bucking the system. And people want to be able to feel secure that they're having an insider on the system to get them out easily. You know, to each their own. I right. guess that appeals to some people. I'm thinking CEO, core, you know, Fortune 500 right. companies. Probably not, not. But hey, if you need your ticket fixed or right. you have a DUI, you know what? Go go for the rodent. That's All right. right. How about this next one? Now, this next one, Chris. I, I, I Let me just give you a little bit of a disclaimer here. I need your okay. help as a friend. Oh, oh. If I get on my soapbox, can you, like, kindly just shove me off? I got you. I, because I, I I could embarrass myself here is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, because this, this is going to approach a subject where I could embarrass myself. Here it is. All right. If your lawyer has a tip jar on the receptionist's desk, it might be time to get a new lawyer. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Chris, what 100%. is up with these tip jars everywhere? Am I just cheap i don't nope. get it i go to a a, a you know a counter where i order my food oh yeah and i stand there while they give me my food and they say oh would you like to leave a tip for what for ordering my food from you <laughs> do i really need to give you a tip when i'm standing here the entire time am i am i a cheap wad chris no no there <laughs> it is it has really gotten out of control i was at my um my physical therapist the other day and I had to make a payment, right? My insurance covers okay. some and I give him my credit card and the credit card sleep slip prints out and it literally had a tip line at my physical therapist. Really? I'm like, and I asked the lady cause the lady is very, very nice who works the front desk. She's amazing. And I'm like, so there's a tip line. And she's like, well, you're not going to get it if you don't ask. And I was like, what am I tipping you for? What, like literally my insurance is paying you $5,000. I'm paying the, 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 the cost per visit that my insurance is negotiated, which is like 40. What, what tip do you want? Do, I don't you, get it. You, you checked me in <laughs> and the doctor came back and stretched me in places I didn't want to bend. And here we go. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know what? You're going to go to your banker now and right. uh, tip my, your yeah. deposit slip. There'll be a, a tip line there just of to make course. a deposit or withdraw mm -hmm. your bank. It is getting out of control. But again, maybe I need to help you get off your soapbox as well because we're both oh there gosh. together and we're both cheap wads. I don't know. But I, I don't get this fa fascination of mm -hmm. having a tip line when they're not really doing anything but their job. Right. I just don't get it. I feel like there should be a tip line for the bailiff in the courtroom to get me ahead of line when the judge is calling cases. Why not? Right? Like the bouncer at a good club. Like just have the bailiff hanging out there and be like, how about me and Andrew Jackson get to get into the club right now? You know what? Like, that is a great idea. I'm All right. Saying. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save ourselves here a little bit of embarrassment. <laughs> I'm going to move on to our next topic Bribery. here. But, yeah. Okay, how about this one? If you wait to see your lawyer until you find his coupon in the local newspaper, 
it might be time to get a new lawyer. Chris, do you remember that. the time when we clipped coupons? Uh, yes. Um, and that time was earlier this week as we are shopping okay. for Thanksgiving food for, for my family and I. But um, yeah, I remember the day we get like the Sunday shopper or like the yes. Thursday paper and all the ads would come in and your paper would be like, when I was a kid, it was the Black Friday paper. Right. right, that's where all the ads came for like Toys R Us and KB Toys and Target and all that stuff. And you went and you got the paper so you could see where your Black Friday sales were. And there were some people who were so good. You, you can see videos of this, and they mm -hmm. would go and they would go to the, like the grocery store or whatever, and they'd have yeah. a cart full of merchandise, and they'd be like two bucks worth. Oh yeah, because they only buy things that they got serious coupon uh -huh. exchange for, and so they were like getting an entire shot now. Whether or not they needed those items, that's beside the point. The nope. point is they got a deal for it. Capitalism. So yeah, I am gonna just gonna suggest, Chris, that there 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 might be some purchases you want to think twice about making if that business has a practice of accepting coupons. Right. The first thing that comes to my mind would be LASIK eye surgery. Buy one, get one free. <laughs> Would you, yeah. Would you really want the guy who's pointing a laser beam into the pupils of your eyes being the same guy who runs Double Coupon Tuesdays? Yes. That, is that really a good idea? Oh, hard no. But that or like um, airplane tickets or like a pilot or something like that. Like choose your own pilot. Get get Chris today with this coupon. Nope. Right, right. Nope. All hard right. no. Hard no. Hey, I got some more here. If you ask your lawyer for your lawyer's email address and he gives you a pager number instead or a, a, any kind of a blank stare, it might be time to get a new lawyer. My gosh, the beeper back in the day where you were like mistaken for a drug dealer, that was pretty hot. Right. Or you were a drug dealer, not mistaken at all. But hey, side hustle, man. Again, multiple income streams. All right. Well, hey, one more here. Uh, actually, I got two more here. This, I got to give this one here. If you're, this one is actually is me. So I, I don't even know why I'm mentioning this because this okay. one just screams me all over it. If your lawyer asks you to make two copies of everything in case he loses his, it might be time to get a new lawyer. I, oh, I had a PI case once where I got, I got rear-ended by a refrigeration truck. And I remember getting all the paper, and this was after I was a lawyer. So I, I was smart enough to go, I need a lawyer. I got into a car accident. Let's roll with this. Um, I remember the lawyer's associate emailed me and said, hey, can you get me this document and this document? I'm like, go back three emails that I sent the lawyer. Like, I already sent over all the documents, and I've uploaded them to your system. And she's like, yeah, but it would just be easier for me if you just email them again. And I was like, and this is why you're fired. <laughs> like I'm not doing, I am not litigating my own case just to pay you 33 and a third of whatever I get. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? I, I sense them. So are you're, you're one of those kind of people that instead of just responding to the email, you have to attach the previous email where you already responded yep. to that request, even though it takes you five times as long to do it that way. Only when dealing with other lawyers. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Only when, if I, if you are getting paid, if you are asking me, the client, to help you cut corners because you don't want to go do something because it will take you long. No, 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 no. All right. We're done. One more here, and Last then we one. will get on to more important things. Uh, if your lawyer's hearing and your hearing are on the same day, it might be time to get a new lawyer. <laughs> You should never say, 100%. hey, hey, how convenient. Next Tuesday at, at 10, <laughs> that's the same time as my DUI here. That's a great, it just kind of works out perfectly. Like the stars are aligned. Right. This was meant to be. No, that's a sign. Yes. It's time to get a new lawyer. Right. If your lawyer offers divorces and marriages at their law office, right. might need a in new lawyer. In bulk. In bulk. Ooh. It's like the Costco. <laughs> You That's could right. do that. Oh, my gosh. That'd be great. Buy one divorce. Get the second one half off. That's yeah, that's right. a, hey, You know what? It works for Costco. Why not try it exactly. with your law practice? Uh, if you're in Texas, I hear it's a boom. I might avoid doing it with your probate practice. I'm not sure that makes a lot of sense. But, hey, you know what? When it comes to divorces, all your exes live in Texas. All I right. do. 
it is now time to uncover some of the legal happenings from this last week. There haven't been a lot Not of them because the Supreme Court decided to take the week off to go brine their turkey. If they got to listen to our podcast, they can figure out how to brine their turkey. Uh, maybe we'll do a podcast on that. How to smoke a turkey. And I would love to do that. Or live. deep fat fry it. And I'd then love we can to do that your- live. Like live stream it. Just set it up. Set it up in my backyard. That would be the best. I like that. All right. Well, let's. So we've already talked a little bit about the election. That was a week ago. Still mm-hmm. no outcome from the election. I shouldn't say no outcome. We don't know who's going to control the House of Representatives as I, we are speaking right insane. now. It might have changed once we started recording this podcast, right. but I think Republicans are still at 217. And yeah. the guy gets to 218. Chris, I got to tell you. I'm really hoping the Republicans get control of the House. And you might be saying, Joel, that's a shock. You are a Republican. But I get that. That aside, I don't think it's a bad thing when one House of Congress is controlled, when one part of Congress is controlled by one party and the other by the other party. Because now they have to come to an agreement. They have to find the middle ground if they want to rule. They right. almost should put that in the Constitution. I like it when the when the two branches of Congress are controlled by the opposite parties, so they got to get their shtick together. They're never going to get their shtick together, man. Like this, dude. This isn't the eighties. This isn't like even I do the nineties. By the way, do you like I, I do threw like, that in there like instead of the other word? So, yeah, I mean, we're a family friendly podcast, man. Shtick <laughs> right. all day long. Um, I'm surprised you haven't broken out into Yiddish at one point, because then we could just really hammer it home. But you know, I. If it was a Congress that worked together, even I mean, even when you looked at like the the Ronald Reagan Congress of like 82, 83, 84, or the Bill Clinton Congress of 94, 95, 96, like those were all Congresses that though they had opposition going on, they worked together to pass things. Yes. This Congress is not going to do that. And you I know, don't think subsequent. Is an, this is an America for all, for both sides, and maybe even throw in the Green Party as well, some independent. You know, our our Constitution is right. meant for all Americans, not right. just for one party, and most certainly not for the crazies of any one party. Maybe I belong yeah. to the crazies of one of those parties. I don't know. But this mm-hmm. is a much bigger America, and I would sure, I, I think it's not a bad thing right. if you have the two branches of government controlled by opposite parties at least you force them mm-hmm. at least try to find the middle ground Here's well, what I you're think gonna... this is this is where the argument for term limits comes in i i really like and i know this is my soapbox from previous ones but we've proven over the last 10 12 years that congress isn't going to work together we've proven right. that they won't but congress has like a 31 percent approval rating last time i checked so before this election but they have like a 91 percent re-election rate why? Because it's Joel, it's your congressman that's at fault, not my con- – well, I live in Andy Biggs' district, so yes, it's my congressman that's at fault. But the, the idea is that it's everyone else's fault. So if you limit people to saying you only get three terms in the House, then you got to find someone else who's not whose fault it isn't at that point. I don't know, though. If you, if you had term limits, which I'm not opposed to term limits at all. In fact, I, I kind of think I like ter- the idea of term limits. But still, <laughs> would that not lead to more – party extremes because they would not have reason to find the middle ground as much if you're going to be there for the long haul so hey you scratch my back now i'll scratch yours later is there not more incentive to find the middle ground if they're going to be you know ruling for the next 30 years i i see that kind of in the senate because of the longer terms but look you're going to get elected to congress today tomorrow or january 1 and you start fundraising again january 2 Right. So I I think the House has a lot of issues when it comes to there's no point in working together because we don't look Madison Cawthorn. Right. He's a one term Congress member out of North Carolina. What was the point of trying to work with him? He was gone. That's a good point. Right. And if I know that. But if I know like it's going to be blue forever, like if I'm coming out of San Francisco. Right. If it's Nancy Pelosi or it's someone else. Yeah, I know that I'm going to have to work with the blue party. Maybe I get a Nancy Pelosi that digs her heels in. Or maybe I get someone who's a little more understanding of how things roll. Like it just it's it's one of those, you know, it's one of those things where the devil you know may be better. And that may be right, true for right. some of the districts, but we have proven in the last I mean, the last ten years that everybody staying in power isn't looking out for the rest of us who are not in power. 
Right. One other thought I want to throw out there on the election uh, before we move on to other items is is what's going on in Georgia. I assume you are familiar oh with gosh. what's going on in Georgia. Before we yep. go over the Georgia Senate runoff, let me tell you what happened here in Kansas. We had a gubernatorial race where you had Laura Kelly, the Democrat, the incumbent, running against Republican uh, Schmidt. And and Lloyd Kelly won the election with 49% of the mm -hmm. vote. 49. Yeah, there were some independent parties there. And these independents were even more conservative yeah. than the Republican candidates. So the thought there is the vast majority of all of those independent votes would have gone to the Republican candidates. The more people opposed Laura Kelly being our next governor than wanted her to be our next governor, well, guess what? She gets She's going to be our next governor because right. she got 49% of the vote. Kind of like what's going on in Georgia. So in Georgia, you have these two Senate candidates, uh, Herschel Walker being one of them, uh, Warnock yep. being the other. Neither yep. one got 49% of the vote. So here's 50%. what you do. You have 50 to have 50% exactly. plus one vote. So here's what you do. If you don't have someone getting over 50% of the vote, you cut out all of the other runners and the top two now get to run off so at least someone will get over 50 percent of the votes to avoid the disaster that we're going to have here in kansas where you have someone becoming the next governor who the majority of kansans do not like uh any right. thoughts on the strip yourself of the the political parties that are involved with this runoff mm -hmm. do you like the idea of requiring someone to get over 50% of the vote. And if they don't, you're going to have to have a runoff. I, I do like that. I like having a majority rule. I think that that's what America was founded on. I also think the idea of ranked choice voting could also, also Explain help that. that. I read about that in Alaska, and I had a hard time understanding it. What does that mean so in practice? So essentially, ranked choice voting. My name is Chris Marone, and I'm going to vote in Georgia's primary. Or I'm going to jo Georgia's election. We have Senator Ralph Warnock. We have his challenger, Herschel Walker. And then we have this independent third-party person. So I go rank choice. Billy Bob. Call him Billy Bob. Billy Bob. So I go my rank choice. I go my first choice is uh, Billy Bob. I want Billy Bob because Warnock and Herschel Walker are both out of the realm. I want Billy Bob. If Billy Bob cannot capture 50% or does not finish in the top two, I want Herschel Walker. Okay, and, it, and then I want Ralph Warnock. So Billy Bob comes in, like we saw in Georgia, and Billy Bob got 0.1% of the vote. Now, because of that, you look at the ballot and go, well, who was their second choice? Their second choice was Herschel Walker. We're going to allot those votes up to Herschel Walker. Does he get over 50%? And does the Billy Bob disbursement of votes now go 50% to Herschel Walker or 50% to Ralph Warnock? And that's I how see. we're going to decide it. So in other words, it's very similar to the runoff you have in Georgia. You just don't have to have the added expense of another election that comes with a bunch of different campaigning and, and the headache, Right, the headache of, ah. I mean, I am already, I mean, the election was called last week. I'm already getting, we need to raise money for Ralph Warnock and we need to defeat Herschel. Like, I got the text the same day of election day. I'm like, guys, right. come on. Like, I'm, I, I'm tapped. Now, the reason why I'm mentioning this is I had a nightmare last night. I woke up in the middle of the night screaming, mm -hmm. and this was what I imagined. During our next presidential election, we are going to have three candidates. You're going to have the Democratic nominee. Let's mm -hmm. call it Hillary Clinton. I'm, oh. so sorry if I, uh, I'm so sorry if I just caused people to swerve off the road and crash their car. Uh, <laughs> I just read in the Babylon Bee that mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton is going to make a major announcement. No, 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 it's not going to be Hillary Clinton, no. but whatever. Right. But for the purposes of this hypothetical, Hillary okay. Clinton is going to be running against, let's just say, Ron DeSantis is going okay. to get the Republican nomination. Well, there's going to be a certain politician who will, is not going to be too happy. Let's right. call him Frumpy. He's Frumpy because he did not get the nomination. Mm -hmm. So he is going to run as a third party candidate. You right. see what I'm, where I'm going here? That is a real possibility. If a certain candidate does not get the Republican nomination, mm -hmm. he's gonna run as a third party candidate and we'll be having President Hillary if we don't yep. have some kind of provision like this. You, you, you see why I woke up in the middle of the night screaming? Well, yeah, because certain Frumpy decided to make an announcement that 
he was going to do this. So, and it will be interesting. I think that if that happens, and even if it is someone like Hillary Clinton, you're going to see um, DeSantis get a lot of get a lot of the the conservative Republican voters because conservative Republicans can can commiserate with Santis, and you're going to get a bunch of people going with Trumpy, and you're really going to see how small his voter base really is. I I, I don't think, it's but it'll small. be enough for huge. Hillary to win. I, I think his voting uh, percentage would be huge. He controls a certain percentage of the population. It's just amazing. Uh, they're very loyal, and I think if he ran as a third-party candidate, which he very well might, mm-hmm. you're, you're looking at President Hillary. Possibly. Right. I have oh, no I idea how would, that— It would definitely cut towards a blue president. But I also think if you look at this election, of all the candidates that Frumpy endorsed, all of the ones that he campaigned for, very few actually won their races. Very few, very few. Right. Yes, that and is I, why the Republican Party is right now has no idea. They want right. to go with Ron DeSantis. He is the new leader, right? But they can't deny the fact that Trump has this huge following right. and can really upset the apple cart if he does not get his right. way. And and so yeah, they are very fearful on that side of the aisle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so that is um, uh, the election. A couple other legal matters just to touch on briefly. Uh, a, Georgia, a Georgia judge ruled a state law that banned abortions after six weeks was unconstitutional under the state law. That was a, a Georgia judge. Well, that will, I'm sure, be appealed. And the Georgia Supreme Court will have a final say on that. But we, we are going to expect to see this run of lawsuits. So the U.S. Right. Supreme Court issued its ruling at the U.S. constitutional level, but they kind of threw it back to the states and now you guys go ahead and decide under your own state laws what should be the the actual ruling and and rights at play under state law. And so, well, you're not going to see probably 50 different lawsuits and decisions when it comes to this issue. And so, um, I guess we'll just have to pay attention to these cases as they are decided. Well, and you saw... Not to circle back on election day, but in the seven states where abortion was on the ballot, it passed, and so now we're going to see a lot of constant state constitutional challenges to these these passages. So we're gonna this, and I think this also, and I know this also kind of kicks back to um, we're going to see an uptick in states' attorney general races becoming very very central yes. to a lot of Republican and Democrat. Um, attention because if the Supreme Court keeps kicking everything out to the states and I'm and I'm I'm unsure if we're going to talk about the the uh the the marriage act that's in front of the Senate right now but that's getting a lot of that's getting kicked out to the states to codify within themselves so these races governor states attorneys general um that's going to become a, an issue for well, let's talk about that a little bit because I, I read about that bill. You want to talk about a bill mm-hmm. about nothing. That mm-hmm. is what this bill is about. Sometimes these politicians, they like to pass laws mm-hmm. just so they can tell the constituents, oh, we passed this law. No. So the Senate is considering <laughs> a bill on same-sex marriage, and I got to tell you, this is a waste of time. Why is this a waste of time? There's no way. In heck, this U.S. Supreme Court, even it is currently composed, which is a 6-3-5-4 conservative majority, is ever going to strike down same-sex marriage. It's not going to happen. That is a scare tactic the other side is trying to bring up, and that's why they're doing this. Oh, look, this court's going to overturn the right to same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Yes, I know Thomas said what Thomas said. Right. It's going to be an 8-1 decision. Thomas will be the only one in dissent. The Supreme Court is not going to overturn the right to same-sex marriage. That is water under the bridge as far as this court is concerned. But you know, that's not going to stop us, Senator Schumer from trying to give, you know, headlines. Mm-hmm. So what they are doing, well, here's what the Senate is considering. A bill on same-sex marriage saying mm-hmm. that when it comes to federal law, they're going to recognize same-sex marriages. Mm-hmm. And that when it comes to the state level, get this, every state must recognize another state's judicial decrees when it comes to their marriage laws. Right. Well, whoop. Do that's already in the law. That's called full faith and credit. There's no way that that, that's already law. So they're saying, let's pass this law Mm -hmm. because something that is never going to happen might happen. And let's just go ahead and say the law is what it already is. I mean, this is much to do about nothing. All right, Chris, see if you can change my mind.
Oh, solid. So um, you are probably, I would say, 90% right that this court won't take it up, that this court will not take up same-sex marriage. That doesn't mean that future courts won't. And so we're setting precedents now that it's states' rights and that the Supreme Court is going to hold the legislative branch responsible for doing their job. And so good or bad, that's what they're going to do. This this bill, the and I actually don't know the name of it. I had it on the tip of my tongue, but now it's gone. Um is going to say that states, you have the right to determine whether or not same-sex couples can get married. But if they get married in a jurisdiction where they're allowed to be married, like California will always be a um, a location where same-sex marriage will be protected, Utah, you have to recognize that same-sex marriage. But Utah does not have to perform or to um, to officiate same-sex marriages within their borders. Right Now, that's not the current law of the land. The current law of the land under Oberfeld is that everybody has, like, if you are a government individual, you have to do at least a, a, what could be considered a marriage in your state. That was the big Kim Davis issue out of Kentucky years back after Oberfeld, right? Where she said, nope, it's against my religious belief. I don't have to perform marriage ceremonies as the clerk of whatever court. And she became Mike Huckabee's, like, best friend. Right, right, right. Um, no, no, I, I will disagree a little bit because Obergefell, um, the, the, when it created same-sex marriage, it said same-sex marriage is legal in all 50 states. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Hollingsworth before that said, you know what, um, the federal government should not be telling states how to craft their own marriage laws, but in any event, you have the full faith and credit law, which is already in the Constitution. So if a certain state has a, a decree, an official action, Every other state has to give full faith and credit to that unless it's repugnant to their state's laws. Well, here, same-sex marriage, guys, that ship has sailed. It's already, um, it's not going to be repugnant to any state's laws. It's already in the Constitution. So, but hey, that's my uh, two cents on it. It's also an olive branch out to, because there's a lot of discussion within a lot of religious organizations, specifically the Mormon Church and the Catholic Church, about religious liberty and religious freedom. And And their big fear is that the government is going to start saying you have to perform marriage, like your clergy has to perform same-sex marriage. So under this act, it absolves those organizations from having the responsibility to be required to give those acts. So on one level, it's codifying same-sex marriage. On another level, it's extending an olive branch of religious freedom to organizations that have long feared that this type of progress will inhibit their religious freedom. Say, hey, you know what, uh, uh, Schumer, if he can ha- make headlines and tell his constituents I did something, you better believe he's going to take that chance. All right, it is now time for Courtroom Quarterback. Booyah. All right, Chris, we have so much to talk about when it comes to sports right now i am so excited i am so giddy i don't even know where to start there's but let's do this here we are now at the halfway point and we're talking about football yes mm-hmm. i know basketball is underway and my ku jayhawks just throttled duke yep. minus coach k in the champions classic in indianapolis indiana uh that was an amazing victory by my ku jayhawks they might as well give them the the NCAA championship trophy right now. It's going to be a repeat, no doubt about it. One of these days, we are going to focus an entire podcast on the NCAA and their stupid investigation into my KU Jayhawks. I am so livid about that. I am so mad. I'm spitting nails about the hypocrisy of the NCAA going after my beloved KU Jayhawks. We're going to talk about that later. Let's talk about so angry. football because Thanksgiving is next week. And uh, in my household, it is faith family, football, and food. And so, man, it's just a great time for Fs in my household. We definitely give an F when it comes to this time of year. This is the halfway point. Let's talk about the storylines that are just fun storylines from this last year. Chris, I don't know what how we're going to organize this. Let me just start off with this one. I think this year is going to be one of the main storylines will be the return of the geriatric giant uh, because we've been making fun of your buddy, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and uh-huh. a certain uh, Tom Brady who went through a divorce. Now he's uh-huh. post-divorce, and now we find out that his ex 
which has only been an ex for like 20 minutes. Exactly. She's already frolicking with her former jiu-jitsu partner coach mm -hmm. now in Mexico. What's that about? I have no idea. Uh, yeah, you sure waited till the ink was dry on that divorce decree before you started going out. Uh, but, hey, Tom is now focused, and I am afraid to say we've not seen the last of Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Last week, they both made tremendous comebacks, and they won their, case, their games, and they looked impressive in doing so, so much so. I think we're going to see both of them in the playoffs. Any thoughts? Ooh, no. Joel, you're wrong. You're, I have never seen somebody be so wrong in their entire <laughs> wrong, wrong. Just sit there in your wrongness and just be wrong. Do I think Tom Brady's going to make the playoffs? 50-50 eh, flip a coin. Do I think Aaron Rodgers is going to make the playoffs? Not, not No. No, no. Now, are you speaking from your heart or your brain? Because I have a feeling you're speaking from your heart. I mean, you got to listen to your heart and what your heart might say. But I really, I mean, yeah, Aaron Rodgers came back. He had a couple of good games, but there's no coalescing there. I mean, look, I may eat these words and I'll be fine with it, right? I like to eat things. Um, but I really, no, I don't see Aaron Rodgers in the playoff. Well, maybe a wild card spot, but there's no... I, I, I've written him off. I, I've written him off when he couldn't beat the Detroit Lions. Like, have you seen the Lions? The Lions won last week. They are looking quite impressive. What mm -hmm. is going on there in Detroit? That is another storyline I haven't even dug into yet. That kind of surprised me. Let's just take a look at your buddy Aaron Rodgers' record. Oh, let's see in the standings. Wow, they're near the top of their standings, no. huh? They are they're four in and six. Division. Four no. and six. Minnesota is eight and one, so they're going to run away with that. But they're right. four and six, and so yeah, they're kind of a ways off from the playoffs. But they're not—they're only two games away from five hundred. So you know what? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, I hate to say it, not buried yet. He is still out there. This is the year of the geriatric, the revenge of the geriatric giants. Right, right. and and I'm only two days away from a lot of turkey. So two really <laughs> like. It, is two a big number? I don't know. I, I have two pairs of glasses. That's not a big number. But I've murdered two people. That's a big number. Two two yes. games away from 50%. Aaron, Rod Aaron Rodgers, at the level that he's being paid for the performance that he is giving, he is well far and away from where he should be. He should be at least at least at six wins this semester. Or this semester. Be. This this year. But he he's should not. be, but he's only two weeks away from being 500. And so I, I'm afraid to bring you bad news during this time of good tidings and joy. But uh, we have not seen the last of Aaron Rodgers. Well, that's true. All right. Ne penny. Next, the, the stud of the year is going to go to Geno Smith. Uh, not yet. No, <laughs> I, I have him on my category. Not the stud. Okay. Here's the stud Derrick Henry. Okay, he's, I thought you were going to say Mahomes, so I'm I'm good with Derrick Henry. Oh, I'm getting to Mahomes. Don't, I'm sure about my home I'm, I'm sure. Derrick Henry is a stud. I mean, this he guy is, is amazing. He is at, he he is getting older. I believe now he's 28 years of age, so he's nearing the end of his productive years as an NFL running back. Mm -hmm. He is averaging 22.4 carries. Yep, and he actually is is now has 2.1 yards after contact. This guy is a workhorse. You hit him, he does not go down. He is 4.6 yeah. yards per carry, already has a 200-yard rushing game. I think this guy is going to hit 2,000 yards this year. Derrick Henry is a, is an ageless wonder. He is a stud. Yeah, he's a beast. I have no idea where the Titans are going to go as a team, but wow, is he an amazing uh, player to watch. Yeah, he's absolutely a stud. I, I am grateful that I picked him up on the waiver wire for fantasy. He has done absolutely amazing things for – for my season. I think you're right. I think he's a stud. He's going to be somebody to keep looking out for. And if you want to know this, just go ahead and check and Google. I should have had this up on the screen, but I don't go ahead and Google, um, Derrick Henry this year and years past. And oh, you'll notice a big it. difference. He's, he's lost that. Whatever that thing was in the back of his head and his helmet, people called it a big turd. I yeah. have no idea what that was, but it's not there anymore. He has, um, yeah, he got rid of the mm -hmm. turd on the back of his helmet. So maybe that's why he's doing so good this year. I don't know. Maybe, maybe indeed. All right. My best story of the year. This is, the, if you're going to ask me for a feel good story and the Thanksgiving season is upon us. So we like feel good stories. My feel good story from this year is, as you just said, Geno Smith. Oh, indeed. yeah. 
Isn't that an amazing story? Do you know how many years he's been in the NFL? No, I don't. Ten? This this is his ninth season. Yeah. And I looked up his stats today, and he, he um, was drafted by the Jets out of West Virginia. I, I followed him at West Virginia because West Virginia is in the Big 12. But he um, yeah. was drafted, I believe, in the second round by the Jets. He started pretty much every game his rookie year and then his second year as well. So he, mm-hmm. he was a regular player. That's it. By year three, done. He was second string. Yeah. Yeah. Second, third, whatever, you know, um, uh, stacking groceries, trying to do the whole Kurt Warner approach. I, yeah. He was mm-hmm. not a stud by any stretch. So by year, from years two to year eight. So what is that? Seven years in the NFL? Yeah. He's doing nothing. Right. Nothing. Now he, he's a backup at best. Yeah. He was a backup in Seattle starting in 2019. So yeah. So yeah. he enters his ninth season and he wasn't even going to be the starter this year. He, it was a close yeah. competition. I remember in um, you know the uh, preseason, yeah. of, uh, who's going to be the starting quarterback there and follow Russell Wilson. Well, he has not only had an average year, he is now one of the leading candidates for MVP. Right. We've already talked about that. It was a steal trade of the year. That's just a good story. Geno Smith is 32 yeah. years of age in his ninth season, and he's just coming out as an NFL player. How is that for a storyline? And good for him, right? Like you just keep at it, right? It's a it's a great story about resilience and stick to itiveness. And I mean, he played for the Jets for five, and then he went to the Giants, and then he went to the 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 Seahawks, and he was behind Russell Wilson, and you know, you did nobody really knew about him, and now he's shining. And I hope he gets like three or four good seasons in and can retire happily. Pete Carroll is the quarterback whisperer now oh, for after sure. what he did oh, with Russell gosh. Wilson, turned Russell Wilson into a Super Bowl champion. Uh, and then um, look what he's doing with Geno Smith. So, right. you know what? Maybe I should Nailing go up there it. to Seattle. Right. That's where I want to be. You can teach me how to throw the ball. All right. <laughs> Let's now go to another storyline that I'm now I'm hitting kind of close to home. Uh, who got the better of the divorce? I am mm. not talking about Giselle and Tom. I'm talking about Tyreek and Mahomes. So mm-hmm. I, I say divorce. These guys liked each other. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. it was uh, acrimonious. Not like I'm sure the uh, Giselle-Tom divorce. But, you know, Tyreek left Kansas City. He wanted $30 mm-hmm. million dollars a year. And a lot of the conversation during the offseason was, wow, Tyreek is going to miss Mahomes. He's going to find out. How good Mahomes is and how blessed his life is, how easy his life is when Mahomes is throwing to him. Right. And uh, meanwhile, Mahomes, people were saying about Mahomes, the Chiefs, were, we're not even going to make the playoffs. A lot of people were saying the Chiefs, were, they're done. Yeah. You, you look at the Chargers, look at the Raiders, look at the uh, Broncos. The Chiefs might finish fourth in their division and be lucky to make the playoffs because they're going to miss Mahomes or Hill that much. So people were burying the Chiefs before this year. So who do you think? Who got yeah. the best of that divorce? The Chiefs did. The Chiefs did. I mean, oh, that's hard, though. Like, I know. The, the look the at Dolphins, the Dolphins. They're doing the Dolphins great. They're doing great. But the Chiefs, the, the well, I if Russell Wilson would have pulled up and been a good quarterback this year, Tyreek would have won that bet for sure. But the the AFC East this this whole thing it just absolutely it it's a it's a coin toss. If you're Miami, Tyreek won. If you're if you're Kansas City, Mahomes won. I think clearly we can say this: the winner of the Tyreek Hill. Patrick Mahomes divorce. I hate to say divorce because they, yeah. they you know, it wasn't acrimonious. But what you get, you get what I'm saying is Tua. Tua went from yeah. maybe he's going to be a player for us next year. Maybe we're going to cut him. Mm-hmm. He's right there in the middle ground of well, he might not even be our franchise quarterback. He's so blase. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, can we give this guy the maximum deal? Tua is the real deal. And all because of one. Tyree Kills. So I think clearly the winner here is Tua. And the fans of Miami. The fans of Miami are the real winners because they get to have a, a winning franchise for once. Yeah, yeah. That they 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 are doing things well down there in Miami. Mm-hmm. It's not just all Tyreeks. Um right. be, due to Tyreek, because right. we're talking about a little bit later, yeah. they also changed their coach. They had a good coach last year, but they 
They really got a great coach here in Mike McDaniel's. They're yep. the, I think he should be the coach of the year this year, yep. hands From down. From the school of Sean Vay, man, his all of his assistants are doing great things all over the place. They are do yeah. You know what? If you if your team needs a coach, go to Sean McVay and say, who um, changes your towels? You know, in your yeah. locker room, maybe I can hire that person to run our operations. Yep. But clearly, you have the Midas touch. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. Um, any other? Oh, let me kind of go to the other end of the spectrum. Now we've been talking about feel good stories. Right now, I want to kind of. I want to I want to hit one more feel good story, and this is and yes. this one hit super close to home. Jimmy Garoppolo, yes, right. Jimmy Garoppolo at any point could have went nuts and just trash talked the Niners about how crappy they treated him, about all the crap about making him second string quarterback behind Trey Lance, all the stuff that they did. But Jimmy Garoppolo kept his mouth shut and kept that beautiful face smiling. And who's laughing now? Jimmy Garoppolo running the show, right on that. You right, that so is right. it's such a and. It could have been anybody, right? It could have been a, I mean, it's the same Geno Smith idea, right? He he just kept his cool. He kept doing what he was going to be doing. He kept his life going. And Jimmy Garoppolo is now on top of the world. And I, I he and Geno Smith are really close to which one is the right. most feel-good story this last year. I no, love right. Garoppolo is now a star yep. for the 49ers. Making I mean, a ton of money. I almost feel like, you know what, they need to um, give him an extra bonus just because he had mm-hmm. to put up with all of that. Talk about a jilted love or Coming right. back, that's like Tom Brady going. Tells him, "Hey, will you come back here?" I, I don't. I don't even understand what that what that would be like. Right. All right, now let me get some things off of my chest. Oh, I, I want to. I, I have a beef with the officials. Mm-hmm. Has the officials gone to a new level of badness this year, or is it just this is the most recent years so or the most recent examples? What is your thought as to the the status? Of the officiating in, in the NFL. I mean, it's it's been going downhill for a long. I think, gosh, it's it's gotten worse since the instant replay rule has been reaffected, right? Once they brought that back, officiating I think went on a steep downhill curve. But let me just go over <sighs> some of the colossal mistakes just from this last week. If you watched the Buffalo Bills versus the Minnesota Vikings game, right. I know you did. We were texting each other during that game. Wow, were there some, not just like, oh, you missed a holding call here. Oh, that no. was pass interference or not pass interference. We're not talking those kind of calls. No. We're Clear. talking pure boneheaded mistakes. And let's start off here first, but not this play, an earlier play where the Vikings are about ready to score a touchdown and their receiver goes down and he fumbles the ball and the Bills recover the fumble. Pivotal moment in mm-hmm. this game. Well, why did the guy fumble? Turns out the reason why is his head was being ripped off by the Bills defender. I mean, it was an egregious 15-yard penalty. It's the ball carrier whose face is getting ripped off. Now, Chris, where should the official's eyes be if not watching the ball carrier? Right. Yeah, uh, in the stance, the cheerleaders. Cheerleaders are amazing. <laughs> I right? guess so. Sometimes. Right, what hungry. else are you looking at? He's right. carrying the ball. How could you not see his face getting ripped off? And they did not call mm-hmm. it. They did not blow the whistle. Nope, nothing. And they fumbled the ball. Huge nothing. moment in that game. And then you had this moment right here. So we, I think it's about 30 seconds left in the mm-hmm. game. And Gabe Davis, so the Bills throw the ball way down the field. They have hard, I don't think they have a timeout left. They nope, got no through the uh, the um. Uh, the sidelines there to stop the clock so they can get in field goal range. And they throw this 30-yard bomb to Gabe Davis, and he dives out of bounds and makes an amazing catch as he falls out of bounds. Or so they thought. In, right. re- when they rewound it, when they replayed it, you saw the ball pop up. Now, I saw the ball pop up. You saw the movement. Why were the officials anywhere, even either there at the stadium or the officials who are in charge of watching the replay and yep, stopping things York. in live action, yeah. saying, hey, look, we, we saw the ball move. Maybe we should just like pause right here and take a look at this. And it's not like the clock was running. Nope. He went out of bounds. And so the nope. clock was stopped. They weren't. This wasn't nope. a running clock kind of situation where they would give an unfair advantage to one team to stop the clock. No, he went out of bounds. They did not stop that nope. play. Take a TV and... timeout and call it a day. Like, let's do this. Exactly. They did not nope. do that. That was a pivotal moment. Mm-mm. And then you had this in overtime. You had um, the Vikings got the ball at the one-yard line, right? Right. At the two-yard line. First down and goal from the two. And on this particular play, 
Let's see here. Chris, tell me again, how many players should the team have on the field? I want to say it's like 15. <laughs> That's right. I want to say yeah. 15. There you go. On probably the most important play of the game. First and goal from the two in overtime. A touchdown wins it. Mm-hmm. Buffalo has 12 guys on defense, and they did not catch it. And so what happened in this play? Sure enough, they were stopped for a three-yard loss. And it was second and goal from the five, but much different than first and goal from the two, or should have been first and goal from the one if you would have had this penalty. And so how do you not know how to count? The uh, the defenders, that's like the standard operating right. procedure. That's what they're supposed to do, and they missed that call. So, Chris, same people know. counting the election. Just saying, just this, this is where we're at, right? <laughs> it's the same people counting the election. What you're saying, yeah, they did not have the counters there, right. they were out doing uh, the in you know, Arizona count. trying to count, count all those ballots. Right. Good call on that one, right, right? All right, one other officiating blunder, just to, my observation from this last week the mm-hmm. Chiefs. And you remember a couple weeks ago, the Chiefs were playing, I think it was actually Buffalo, and it was a critical part of the game, and Chris Jones sat um, their quarterback, and as he was falling on him, he put his hand on the ground to brace his fall, so that way his body weight would not fall on the quarterback. And they called roughing the passer. Yeah, he said, no, Chris Jones, you you fell with your entire body weight on the quarterback. Uh, No, he didn't. Look at the replay. His hand was right there and stopped his fall. He did not fall with his entire body weight, but whatever. You want to protect the quarterback. I get it. I guess bad call, but I get why they have that rule. Last week, the Chiefs' Juju Smith-Schuster caught a ball, turned around, and right there, the um, the defensive back hit him square in the head. I mean, it's like he just turned, boom, knocked his head clear off. I think he was holding his head underneath his arm. It was that vicious of a hit. The refs threw a flag, Chris. They actually flew a fl- threw the flag mm-hmm. because, look, you, you hit this quarterback, this, this receiver. He was a defenseless receiver. Did not have a chance to, to defend himself. And by the way, we don't like these headshots. You could have hit a little bit lower. So mm-hmm. pop him. Just don't do it in the head, right? right? Is that asking too much? So they threw the flag. Chris, this is where it is inexplicable what happened. Right. They picked up the flag. So yeah, no, no foul here. No harm, no foul. They carted him off in a stretcher. Right. He is mm-hmm. out the entire game. Probably going to miss the next game as well from being yep. concussed. How do you go from, oh, we can't even breathe on the quarterback to we're going to pick up a flag even though the receiver was decapitated. Any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, it's different strokes for different folks, man. And nobody <laughs> likes Juju. Come on. Let's be honest. Like, we don't we don't like Juju, so we're just not going to call anything. We'll just let him go. Just let him go. All right. You might be right. Well, there you go. Those yeah. are my storylines from the first half of the season. Chris, I know you already gave one. Uh, any other thoughts, storylines from the first half of the year? Um, man, the collapse in Carolina. Right, we oh, all had yes. we had hopes of Baker Mayfield going down to Carolina and and really showing those Browns what we got going on, um, but yeah, the collapse did not the absolute, see that coming. The absolute, absolute hundred percent collapse. It makes me very, very, very sad. Very um, well, might result in a benefit for Nebraska. They might be hiring mm-hmm. Matt Rule uh, since he was fired right. unceremoniously right. and had a great career there at but Baker, Baylor. Man. But Baker's is done. His career is pretty much shot to shot to crap. So. He it's might he, Baker's on the he's on the ropes to be sure he's gonna be yeah. starting this week. How will he do? I don't know. I don't he's still so. playing for the worst team in the NFL. Right. Uh, he's gonna catch on with a franchise next year, but mm-hmm. you know whatever team it is, they're gonna suck because they don't have a quarterback. You know right. what Baker should do? Retire and become Tony Romo. <laughs> no, uh, he, he's really good at commercials, but uh, he needs to go somewhere like Kansas City or or the Buccaneers. As a backup, as an intentional backup where you can just learn for two or three years. Or under Jalen Hurts, I don't know. Like, let's let's go get him learning something, right? Let's get send him back to college. Let's. uh, Can you go ahead and back up the uh, the old uh, uh, OSU quarterback? Can we get you going on there? But there you go. um, What's another one? I mean, the Eagles are a story only because they're the Eagles, but that also goes back to bad officiating. We could have an entire podcast about how horrible the officiating was during the Commanders Eagles game. Yes. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let me give yeah. you really quickly here before we do our picks. My um, uh, 
half a season awards MVP. Mm-hmm. It's going to be my boy Mahomes. He has uh, 2,900 yards passing, 25 TDs, seven interceptions. But most importantly, he is seven and two. His team is seven and two and in first place. And they have now have home field advantage yeah. throughout the playoffs if the season were to end today. So despite we've been playing so horrible, yeah, guess what? We're still holding the top spot. All yeah. thanks to one of Patrick Mahomes, who's throwing to not Tyreek Hill. So right. I have him as my MVP this first half yeah. of the year. I can give you that. I, I, can, get, I can totally get behind that. I'm going to go my MVP. Gosh, I wanted to say it was Josh Allen, but Josh has fallen down pretty hard these last couple games. Yes. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey, I think, is, is doing – I mean – He's going to be a weapon in San Francisco for a hot minute. I think um, Waddle is also a big story that we kind of oversee because Tyreek Hill and Tua, but Waddle is hold the zone as well yes. down there in Miami. I think I think Tua is another story, like you know him stepping up as well. Once he gets his, you know, get some experience with him, he's going to be pretty deadly. In I think that can set up for a pretty good Miami for the next like three or four seasons. Tua is not out of the rung for no. MVP. I do think no. they need to catch the Chiefs, and but mm-hmm. if they do catch the Chiefs and they win the East and they get home field advantage mm-hmm. throughout the playoffs, you're looking at your MVP right there in Miami, and not Tyreek. Right. It's going to be Tua. Now Tyreek is not going to be without his hardware. I have Tyreek winning. Offensive player of the year. It's kind of weird how they separate that out, right? Yeah. How is it the MVP Mahomes or or Tua, because they're the quarterback, but they're not the offensive player of the year. You would think that if you're the MVP and you play on the offensive side of the ball, that would make you the offensive player of the year, but they kind of yeah, make the offensive is. player of the year the best offensive player who's, who's not, not under center. Right, so... Um, yeah, I think Jeff Saturday can be a great story. I want to see how the second half turns for Jeffy and see how he does with the Colts. But other than that, I mean, it's going to be a good, a good next couple of weeks. Oh, I Deshaun like Watson it. coming back, right? Deshaun Watson starts not this week, but next week, right? He comes in at week 12. I, I believe so. I believe he's yeah. going to come in here. Uh, he's practicing now with his team. I, I, yeah. I thought it was week 10. Um, after week 10, I don't know. We'll, we'll check up on that. Yeah. It's going to be here. He's practicing now with the team. And I know he's not playing with the team this week, but it might right. be the next week he's back yeah, yeah. playing with the team. So He's going to become relevant real quick. All right. So let's go ahead and let's do our picks for this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, here are our season totals. Chris, you kicked my butt last week. I had you going five, one, and one. Yep. Uh, and I was a woeful two and four and one. And so you're, you're catching up there very quickly. Great week last week. Which uh, one are so you giving p- me the tie for? Which, or is that the LSU game? You gave me the yeah, tie LSU for? LSU last week. Because yeah. they won by three. Yeah. Yeah, it was three. So it was a wash. It was. On that one. Perfect. Such a good so, picks for me. So good. All right. So my picks this week, I. I, I, I just got to tell you, I struggled. If, if I were actually betting hard-earned money, and not just mm-hmm. for this podcast, I would only take like two of these games. I did not feel good It's a rough. Ca- it's a rough games. week. It is a rough, rough, rough I week. I struggled week. with these. I had to make picks, so I made them. I'm letting you know I don't like these picks. Mm-hmm. I have Packers over the Titans because of what I said earlier. I think he's turned the corner, but he's dealing with rookie receivers. It's a Thursday game, so it's going to be a quick game. I don't like this game. I picked it, whatever. Bills over the Browns just because you think at some point in time Josh is going to turn things around, and why not this week against the mm-hmm. lowly Browns? So I picked that one. Colts over the Philly. I must be on something. What am I thinking? The Colts are starting a Jeff Saturday. Maybe he'll play center this week. I don't know. There's no yeah. way. They're going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, but you know what? I, I'm not a big fan of Philly, and so my gut tells me, but Philly hasn't been dominating. They've only been winning by like a field goal or even maybe sometimes less than a touch. Like they're not dominating like Packers crushing people. They're winning, but they're just winning by the margin. So it's a smart yes. bet. And here's the thing about the Colts. Yes, Jeff Saturday is a brand new coach and has never even mm-hmm. coached before in the NFL or college. He was just a high school coach before this. And then mm-hmm. he did the ESPN pancake uh, deal. Yeah. Um, but the reason why I I like the Colts is I like Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is yeah. a good quarterback. And oh, now you juvenize sure. this team with the firing. You have good players still there on the field. And Jeff Saturday is a raw, raw kind of guy. Yeah, 
I, I think they can do it. I think so too. Vikings over the Cowboys. I don't like that pick at all. Why did I pick that one? Because Vikings I, are dominating. They're dominating. I don't understand them. I don't. Yeah, but it's them boys, and they're not going to put up anything. Come on. It's a smart I, pick. I, just, smart I had pick. the Vikings are at home. I got a point and a half. They're a home dog. You know how I like home dogs. There so I went with the Vikings, the Steelers, home dog over Cincy. So I picked them as well. And you know how I go with the Steelers. I think their coach is amazing. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing second half story. But so is Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And so that's a tough, tough game there. My gut just said go with the Steelers. The Chargers, a home dog by six and a half. Now, I do not want to pick the Chargers because no. I'm a huge Chiefs fan. You get that. Right. But come on, a home dog by almost a touchdown. Yep. That's a lot. That Let's is see. a lot of uh, points there. So I had to pick the Chargers. And then TCU, when will they start respecting TCU? I Never. don't know. Never. They are 10-0. I told you last week, that was my guarantee. I won my guarantee last week. I said, yep. take TCU over Texas. And they whooped them. Um, Took it to the yeah, bank. Take, Take TCU over Baylor. Let's Always. ride this horse. Let's do it. All right, then. All right, man, I'm taking the Bills. The Bills are going to come back. No Deshaun Watson this week. No no rubbing up in the uh, the old Cleveland, Cleveland town. So I'm going to go with Bills, negative eight over the Browns. I think they're going to win this game either way, but I really think they're going to send a message. Josh Allen has something to prove. Um, Commanders, negative three over the Giants. Wow. It's a tough one, but I'm going to go with it. I think they're going to ride high after Fly Eagles Fly, and I think they're going to come through and win one more game. Uh, Vikings, I took Vikings over the Cowboys, right? Okay. It's that simple. I'm good with that. I did take the Chiefs over the Chargers. I don't think See? I don't think LA's got it in them. I watched them play San Francisco last week, and you just did, you just saw them fall apart in the second half. I mean, San Francisco dunked them the second half. They, they stumped them. No points. Zero. So I, I think that's going to be right. good. Uh, I'm taking Bengals over Steelers for no other reason than my brother lives in Cincinnati, and that's the only reason why I'm going with it. Okay. Um, Broncos over Raiders, that's my guarantee pick. That is my right. absolute guarantee pick is Broncos over the Raiders. Um, just because it's, man, the Raiders are really looking horrible right now, and they're setting themselves. And I think I sent this to you, right? They're trying to tank Carr's career so that way they can drop him out so they can have a higher draft spot to give more money. That's a conspiracy theory that I will that is my hill to die on. Something's going on out there in Las Vegas. That's right. I mean, they're just, it, who knows, man? People just don't know how to be in Las Vegas. Doesn't stay there anymore. Um, pick in your KU Jayhawks. All right. You do know this is, this is in um, football, not basketball. I want to make sure you understand that. I do, but I have a okay. feeling I have a feeling deep in my soul that, that the KU Jayhawks are going to perform this week against Texas, not because I wanted to make sure I picked every team against Texas this week, but that's what I did. Texas, all you're right. going down. You're going down. My boy Beto didn't get elected. Therefore, I'm going to root against all of your football teams, even to my detriment. All right. Uh, and then lastly, TCU over Baylor. 2.5 points over Baylor. It's TCU, man. Like, come on. Have some respect. That's the only Texas university I have respect for right now. They are riding high, so let's ride this horse to victory over the SEC in the college football playoffs. All right, it's a great week. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. All right. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a complete and utter mess. Sean Wynn and 15 Five Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for our marketing efforts. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Tribe. Plus City Marketing for our technical and computer support.